Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I've been following this Liberty Safe story, and right now, I, I, I don't think I have everything, but I wanted to bring you what I have, because the truth is, uh, whether you're a, a, a gun guy or not, like, like, for example, I am not a gun guy. I don't have a, a wild collection of, of firearms. I don't have two of this and six of those and three of those, right? I'm not Rodney Dangerfield in the in the, in the the pro shop. Give me two of those. Give me six of those. Give me a couple of those naked lady golf tees. Oh, look at that. Hat like that should come with a free bowl of soup, right? I'm not that. And my, my Rodney impression is just terrible. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's happening, everybody? Uh, I, I'm a Second Amendment guy. I'm not a gun guy. A gun guy is a fundamentally different uh, person who really understands the, the, the construction of firearms, different calibers, reasons, rationales, history, right? That, that's not where I play. But certainly, uh, I'm a Second Amendment guy. Certainly, I'm a guy who understands the Fourth Amendment, that you have the right to be safe in, in, in your papers and your effects, uh, and... I believe in privacy and not giving up rights because the FBI wants some information. I understand the squeeze. I understand the pressure, which is why I would actually, if I was an elected official, work to restrict the abilities of the FBI and of, of, I would say, police in general when it comes to the rights of the citizen. Yes, it might make their job harder, but the citizen has rights and those rights have to remain top. The focal point, the front and center, the top line issue. Let's go over the story. The guy's name is Nathan Earl Hughes. He was arrested in Arkansas. He's from Arkansas. Arrested regarding the riot that took place at the Capitol on January 6th. A riot, not an insurrection. He has four charges pending against him, including a felony count, as is reported by BearingArms.com. A felony count of interfering with police during a civil disorder. He is, got a, a, a arrested, and uh, it's it's been made on, on, online. It's been it's been put out there for the world to see. When it got posted. It got posted by the, uh, I never know if it's the Hodge twins or the Hodge twins, uh, popular on, on, on social media. And one of the things that they mentioned was, and I'm quoting here from uh, the uh, Hodge or Hodge, uh, the feds called the manufacturer of his Liberty gun safe and got the passcode to get into it. And everyone said, I'm sorry, what now? People freaked. People freaked out, lost their minds. And you can understand why. Liberty Safe is a huge name in, in, in gun safes. Uh, the many, many people have a Liberty Safe. Full disclosure, I do not. I have no financial relationship with Liberty Safe whatsoever, and I don't believe I ever have. I don't believe I've ever did a sp- I've ever done a sponsorship for them or, or, or anything else. Could I have had a sponsor that maybe sells Liberty Safes? Yes. That, just as a matter of disclosure, I think those things are important. 
The feds called the manufacturer of his Liberty gun safe and got the passcode to get into it too. That's the actual quote. Now, it's interesting that the electronic keypad has a secret factory default passcode that allows entry into the safe besides the customer configured passcode. Now, is it something that is unique to each safe? Is it a model default passcode is bearing arms? It's asking like a model default passcode would be like, uh, is uh, the, the password is password, right? On this model, it's one, two, three, four. On that model, it's two, three, four, five, something like, like that. What is interesting to the people at bearingarms.com and I think interesting to, to all of us, are you saying that the FBI could just call Liberty Safe and get the access to your safe? That's, that's all it takes? That's all it takes. Now, Liberty Safe, they um, put out a, a, a statement that says on August 30th, 2023, Liberty Safe was contacted by the FBI requesting the access code to the safe of an individual for whom they had a warrant to search their property. Our company protocol is to provide access codes to law enforcement if a warrant grants them access to a property. After receiving the request, we received proof of the valid warrant and only then did we provide them with an access code. Liberty Safe had no knowledge of any of the details surrounding the investigation at the time. They continue, Liberty Safe is devoted to protecting the personal property and Second Amendment rights of our customers and has repeatedly denied requests for access codes without a warrant in the past. We do not give out combinations without proper legal documentation being provided by authorities. We regularly update our policies to ensure both compliance with federal and state law and reasonable consumer privacy protections within the law. First and foremost, Liberty Safe is committed to preserving our customers' rights, and we will remain unwavering in those values. Now, this post got them heat because there are people who responded, wait, I lost my code and you told me I had to drill into it. You, you could have just given me the code? But maybe, maybe one should be asking a different question. Why do they have codes? Why does Liberty Safe have codes to allow them to get into the safe that you purchased? With all due respect, that doesn't sound very safe. And I think a lot of people who own Liberty Safes, never mind other safes, are going to say, wait a second, the company can get into my safe? The company can just give up to some agency my information? No, 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 no. No. What are we nuts? Now, Liberty Safe, as Bearing Arms puts it, did not disclose whether the FBI provided it with a copy of the search warrant or it was just a conversation over the phone. Hey, we have a search warrant. Who is this again? The FBI. Okay, here's the code. Zero, 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 zero. I I wanted I I reached out uh, to the uh, editor of Bearing Arms, Cam Edwards. I I reached out uh, to uh, local Second Amendment expert, nationwide, I should say, Second Amendment expert Guy Relford, uh, Relford Law. Uh, he does a show on WIBC ninety three point one FM, the Gun Guy Show. He does it on weekends to to get their their thoughts. I just 
I haven't heard back from them yet, and I really want to get to the conversation. And I'll, I'll bring them on the show to, 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 to break it down. If there's a warrant, if there's a warrant, I'm not so sure how the company doesn't comply. You cannot get me to disagree with the argument that these organizations are abusive, engage in abuse, engage in skirting the law, engage in violating rights. Absolutely they do. I would say that of the FBI. I would say that of of the entirety of the DOJ. Far too often it is disgusting and it is despicable. But we either believe in a rule of law or we don't. And if there is a warrant, thus a a, a reasonableness has been created for the search, the warrant has to then be applied. But this all ends if there's no code. I want to go back to why there's a code. The only reason I can think of for Liberty Safe to have a code is to be able to give it up to somebody who hands them a warrant. The question for Liberty Safe is, if I'm a Liberty Safe customer and I give you Hey, I, 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 I tell you, I've lost my code. I can't find it. This and that. I did this wrong. I need, I need the, uh, the, the secret code so I can get in. And I can reconfigure my whole safe. Does Liberty Safe give that? Does Liberty Safe give that? If Liberty Safe won't give that, if I can prove who I am and prove that I'm a customer, well, then what's the purpose of the code? And the only purpose possible of the code, the only purpose is to be able to give it up if a warrant is, uh, is presented and a warrant is always presented. The people of Bearing Arms remind us that it's Apple that refused to decrypt the phones of assailants uh, in the San Bernardino and Pensacola naval base jihadi attacks. Federal government hated that. They had to go to another company to decrypt the phones in one of the cases. This is a huge story because this is much bigger than where you are on guns. This actually has nothing to do with guns. This has to do with whether or not a company can be forced to divulge information. I would make an assumption, right? I am absolutely willing to be proven wrong here regarding what I know about a warrant and what I know about the Fourth Amendment. If I go about reading the Fourth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, it is, I think, rather unambiguous. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. It seems to me to be a very unambiguous statement. They're your papers, 
some cop, some law enforcement can't just walk in and say, hand this over, hand that over. No, no, no. You go get a warrant. You go get a cop. Uh, you go get a judge to say, yes, uh, this, this, you are a, a, a possibly uh, in, involved in a crime, and we have reason to believe so. So, therefore, the evidence was presented to me, the judge, and I say, yes, they can go get that evidence. I mean, that is our system. And to that extent, I am not saying that the FBI can't go get the safe and crack the safe. I am saying it is strange, peculiar, odd, that Liberty Safe has a code and they can just go, yeah, sure, go ahead. Go ahead, here it is. Pound, 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 pound. That's it. Now, they uh, take a look, uh, did, did bearing arms, and they wonder whether or not there was an actual warrant or there was just a phone call from the FBI and it was a national security letter and there would be something different. Because a national security letter, which comes from 1986, it then uh, created, uh, it got more uh, use, uh, if, if you will, more, I guess, latitude uh, under the Patriot Act. And the FBI has put out a ton of these kinds of letters. They want private telecommunications, financial records of Americans without any prior approval from the courts. But that isn't the Fourth Amendment that I read that's pretty unambiguous. And none of it would matter if Liberty Safe didn't have codes at all that they could give the FBI. Does that mean that the FBI couldn't still take the safe and bust into it? Yeah, they could take the safe and bust into it if they've got a warrant. They can do that. But by giving the code, there's no time to even challenge a warrant. There's no time for safety uh, 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 and, and the security of the, of the citizen. It's just give it away, give it away. And I don't, I don't want any company doing that. I want the company saying we sell safes. So you got to get the passcode from them. I don't know anything. Have a nice day. No, I'm not putting in backdoor uh, entries into my systems so you, uh, the police, can have it easier. I'm not interested in making life easier for a cop, guys. For a cop, for FBI, DOJ. No, 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 no. I make life easier for citizens. Having the code is super weird. But the idea that they can have access to the safe, if they've got a warrant... Now we can question the warrant and then you can you can uh, push back on it if you chose but a warrant is a warrant. If we're saying that the warrant isn't allowed then we don't believe in the system at all which is uh as big of a problem as I can think of. It's one of the many problems that we have where we no longer believe in the institutions, we no longer believe in these things because of how often these things have been abused. So the liberty safe conversation is not a conversation about guns. The Liberty Safe conversation is a conversation about your security. It's a question about whether or not your things are actually safe. It is whether or not you are offered the best protection regarding your Fourth Amendment rights. If corporations are going to work in tandem with uh, the DOJ and its, uh, its, its pieces like the FBI, and what if it wasn't a warrant, just a national security letter, which is not a warrant as laid out by the Fourth Amendment? This is a fascinating, important story, and we'll keep following it.
I'm Tony Katz. The increase in hospitalizations and this shows that COVID is here to stay and that we will continue to need tools to fight it. Bring on the continued fear-mongering about COVID. That's Tedros from the World Health Organization. Remember the organization that wouldn't tell us about China's role in COVID when China's responsible for COVID? Uh, I should say the Communist Chinese Party is responsible. They knew it had leaked from the Wuhan Virology Lab. They had locked down while purchasing all the PPE, personal protective equipment, and that they could and then resold it to the world so they could make a profit on everybody else's pain. That China, that Tedros helped to take cover for or provide cover for. He he may have taken cover as well. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. You got that school in Maryland, at least as the reporting goes. Um, hey, we're going to have the kids wear masks. Oh, yeah. Third grade and higher, I think it is. Uh, or maybe it's the whole school. We're going to have them wear masks. That has to happen. And uh, KN95s. So Chinese made, uh, but you know, the things you can't actually breathe through. And, uh, there was a study recently that shows that, uh, the N95 mask, um, has a certain level of toxicity to it. Put the kids in that it's back. And, and so we're clear. It didn't take Alex Jones to say, oh, the masks are coming back. This was a conversation we were having a few weeks before because we saw how people were talking about, ooh, we've got a rise in this COVID variant. You know what that means? And they were excited about it. They were like, oh, here it comes. All you have to do is pay attention and you'll see what's coming around the corner. That's, that's what we do. We try and pay attention and we are able to see what's coming around the corner. And what's come around the corner is exactly what you expected. They really want people afraid. Of course, this is happening uh, as we get into a presidential election here in the United States. And this is going to push people to, well, we have to have mail-in balloting. It's not safe if you go to the polls. Mail-in balloting needs to be eradicated. The only way to do that is to win elections and then change laws in states and nationwide. Put an end to this so these people who want to cheat and and engage in fraudulent elections don't have a chance to. Anybody who favors mail-in balloting favors the opportunity for fraud. Anybody who favors not having voter ID favors the opportunity for fraud. It's who they are. It's what they do. It is not question. It is, again, not debate. The question that I asked earlier remains, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about the idea that your kids are about to get pushed back into masks and you might be as well? See, everybody was super tough guy. Oh, I'm never doing that again. Oh, I'll tell them what. I'm going to stand up. I won't do this. I won't do that. Are you Are you sure? What are you willing to risk and what are you willing to sacrifice? You know, our founding fathers were willing to give up, uh, you know, their their blood, their treasure, their sacred honor, their, uh, you know, our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor. Uh, what, what, are, what are today's Americans willing to give up? Because I'm not so sure they're willing to give up missing their favorite show on Netflix. I don't know what they're willing to give up. Are they willing to homeschool? Are they willing to push to get superintendents fired? Are they willing to uh, engage their governors, 300, 400,000 people strong, and say no? What are they they willing to do? What are they willing to do? Within the confines of the law, there are many ways to do this. 
I'm not so sure that the people who have talked about fighting are actually willing to. Because they've never asked themselves what it means. I think it's time they did. I'll get into more of this in the days ahead. I'm Tony Katz. If we are to believe all the polling, then Trump is freaking unstoppable. That's not deniable. And I understand that I'm a guy living in two worlds. Here's what the data is telling us. Here's what I think is happening. The data, the polling states that Trump is just destroying all the competition everywhere by these double digits and mass double digits. My gut is telling me that the American populace is not where Trump is and the guy can't win a general. Tony, Joe Biden is eminently beatable. Oh, wholeheartedly true. Remember, I'm the guy who said Joe Biden wouldn't get the nomination. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? I said he wouldn't get the nomination. Who in the world was going to nominate Joe Biden to be president? Just no way. I could not anticipate COVID. I could not anticipate COVID, nor could I have anticipated uh, Jim Clyburn saying, you know what, I'll get you the black vote in South Carolina. Here's what you have to do for me. They made a little deal. The next thing you know, it's over. And you're like, dang. Oh, COVID changed things. COVID changed people's minds, mentalities, allowed for the mail-in voting. It allowed for, for uh, a campaign from the basement. And that was it. That was it. That was the end. That was the, 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 the ball game right there. Trump is destroying the competition in the polls. I have issues about Trump winning a, a, a general. But in order to get to the general, you still have to win in these states. So where is Trump really in Iowa? Really, I think the question is, where the hell is everybody else? Is anybody going to make a move? Could anybody make a move? Craig Robinson is the Iowa GOP on social media, on Twitter X. Iowa GOPER ran the Iowa caucuses uh, for years, and this was the question posed to him. Never mind what I think about a general inconsequential stuff for the sake of, of getting there, right? You got to get to the general. Um, what the heck is going on in this race? Can anybody catch up to Trump? What's going on in Iowa? Yeah, I think it's just it's just kind of calm, right? It, it's it's weird. I mean, there's no, you know, Tony. Years ago, you were there with me. We went to you know Iowa Straw Poll. It was this big event where these campaigns had to put on display what kind of support do you have in the August before of the caucus, and and people it would force people out of the race, which is why people didn't like it. Uh, Sometimes these national front runners wouldn't compete, all that stuff. But you had to put your cards on the table, right? Here's where I stand. I'm actually doing something and organizing in Iowa. And what's going on right now in this cycle, Tony, is that it's just noise. I mean, you have people, they come in and they have events and it looks right and it feels good. But there's, I don't feel like there's this moment that's out there that's saying, hey, I need you to support me. And we need to get organized, and we need to do this if we want to win. I just think we're kind of going through the motions here. And when you're going through the motions and there's a guy at 50% nationally or maybe 40% in, in these early states, what are you doing to turn the tables? And, and so 
you know, this weekend we have the Iowa Iowa State football game, right? Trump's coming, right? So it's 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 built for Trump. He's going to come. He's going to, you know, he'll be the talk of the town. Other presidential candidates are going to be there as well. Um, it's really a nothing burger in terms of there's no speech, there's no that. It's just a spectacle. So it's tailor made for Trump, and he'll get everyone talking again, you know. And then and then he leaves, and then you know we'll have these events with these other candidates. But I just don't think that they're really organizing for a grassroots victory. I think we are. I think the caucuses have changed in a way where we just kind of go through the motions and we're going to see where we're at on caucus day of, of, you know, where people line up, but I don't, are you making the argument? I mean, mean, forgive the interruption. Are you making the argument that based on your assessment, knowing these caucuses, knowing the people who, who do this, you know, every person from every County that people have kind of given up on this thing. Eh, It's going to be Trump. Can we just move on? Or or is, is, is it a different statement you're making? It's a different statement. I think what it is is that in many ways, Iowans like, like we like the, the, you know, we'd like to meet all these candidates, right? We like to ask them questions and all this stuff, right? And so we'll show up to your events. What I'm saying is, is that I don't think, I think there's a healthy amount of people that are saying, look, I might prefer someone besides Trump, right? But I don't, I don't think that's 50% of the caucus voter electorate right now. But what I'm saying is, is that these candidates, I think they, they get lulled into, hey, I have these people turning up at my events. It feels good. It's right. I don't think they're taking the next step to say, hey, I need you to, to sign on the dotted line that I have your support and that you're going to go out there and organize for me. I don't think the hard organizing is going on from these challengers to Trump. Um, I think they're playing the same game that Trump is. It's just, you know, it's, it's a media hit. It's, it's, a do- it's a paid door knock by someone from California. It's, it's a mailer in my mailbox. They can't win that game against Donald Trump. Donald Trump will beat them at that game. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a celebrity. He's a former president. They can't beat him at that game, but that's the game they're playing. If they want to beat him, they have to, get their, they have to organize deep in every county and, and do a turnout. I don't see any campaign on the ground here that's doing that level of work. And you can tell by the number of staff they have. Um, you know, the to... Romney campaign used to have 40, 50 people in an office building in Des Moines. I'd be shocked if anyone has 15. Talking to Craig Robinson, Iowa GOP, or spent many years running the Iowa caucuses. Is it that they don't think that provides a value or is the plan to run for second place and get yourself to New Hampshire and in New Hampshire where the latest polling is out Trafalgar group uh, ending August 16th Trump 50 DeSantis 11 Chris Christie at nine Tim Scott at eight uh, it's it's Vivek Ramaswamy at 10 percent in third place there is that it. Hopefully you'll get a showing in, in the first three, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and that allows you to be the foil to Trump, and you got to take it Super Tuesday. Yeah, I just, I just think if Trump – look, if Trump wins Iowa and New Hampshire, it's over. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's going to go to South Carolina. I get that. I get that we're going to go to all these states. But it becomes even more inevitable than it is today. And so, you know, it's not – like, I think the play is, I think there's a list of candidates that, 
You know, you have to you have to trip Trump up if you're going to beat him. And I'm not seeing that effort here. And 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 the and Trump's left the, the door cracked open because he's not campaigning. Right. He's not doing any of this work either, but he hasn't had to. And no one is no one's making life uncomfortable for Donald Trump here in Iowa yet. I've yet to see it. Well, wait, let, let, just discuss what that means, because I think for a lot of these campaigns, if, if we're discussing that that's what has to happen to make to be competitive, right? We're not talking mm-hmm. about liking or not liking Trump. We're discussing the politics of it. Um, how does that work? In, in your view, for Iowans, how do you make Trump uncomfortable? I, well, look, so the, the reason this is tough for these candidates to do is because there's not an instant reward to be had, Right. So, like, I think the only one who's close to doing it is is maybe DeSantis going county by county. Right. Um, And I think that he has some some geographical advantages on Trump where he can go to northwest Iowa where those people didn't support him eight years ago. Right. This is where the the hardline Christian conservatives are like, I think you you, you've got to go through there, but you've got to drill deep. Right. You've got to make sure these people turn out. You got to make sure that they're talking to their friends, and so it's not good enough just to show up and visit. You actually have to have staff that's organizing, that's growing this thing, and it's not. And that type of work, Tony, never shows up the next day in a poll. It's going to show up on caucus day, and and I'm not seeing that level of work. I, it's more like it's splash and go. It's uh, we're going to roll into town. You know, put on a hoot nanny, and then you know maybe we'll see you next time. Uh, they have to do the. I don't see any campaign really doing the classic caucus organizing that we've seen other campaigns do in the past. Well, let's go the other way with this, Craig. Um, you and I have participated in in events in Iowa, uh, panels mm-hmm. in Iowa discussing why Iowa first. It was it was one of my first uh, uh, it was really my first time in Iowa, one of my first sure. events really engaging uh, a, a detailed conversation about the fact that I don't think or at least I, I didn't think then that Iowa did a, I think, a strong enough job in selling its story to the rest of the country. It, it was, you know, there's this idea of uh, like what we're seeing with, with New Hampshire with the Democrats and, and New Hampshire will not budge. Uh, Democrats want Sam, uh, South Carolina to be first New Hampshire's like, uh, we're first primary in the nation. We don't care. We're doing it. And I think you got to go out there and, and sell your story. Are there islands who are grumbling about the fact that how come these people aren't competing for me? What is what is this full aerial assault? In 2016, when Trump was doing the full aerial assault, although he did events in Iowa, of course, I was there for them. Um, right. uh, it, it was it was so novel. Because he was such a novelty that it makes sense. Are there Iowans grumbling and people who are power players grumbling saying, whoa, 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 what is this taking us for granted nonsense here? Oh, we're losing you right there, having a little connection issue. Oh, sorry, buddy. Am I there? There you go. Talk to me. I'm sorry. Look, I, I, I think that, like, I'm concerned, right? But I think for most activists, you know, as long as the candidate shows up in town and they have access and they get to shake hands and take pictures, they're fine with it. I mean, I think I think you have to, you know, I look at what Ted Cruz did, you know, back in 2016 
Um, and I and I believe this is what the DeSantis camp, which is many of the same people, are trying to do again. Um, but I don't know if Ted Cruz organized, right, um, and, and had a really in-depth campaign operation in every county in the state, or if they just kind of, they rode the wave, right? Trump didn't do the Fox News debate at the end. Trump kind of faded at the end. Iowans, look, Donald Trump at that point was a guy that you just, you know, there there was questions. Is he, is he really in this to win it or not? That was when we caucused in 2016. And I think Cruz was the benefactor of, of, of those doubts, right? Trump didn't win Iowa. Well, now, you know, fast forward, there's no doubts in people's minds. They think Trump is serious about running again. And, and uh, the media spends time shouting him down, saying that he can't win, right, in a general. And they're like, well, wait a minute. He has won, you know, and, and he's leading in all these polls. All the indicators say that, you know, he might be our best shot. So what I, I guess it's, it's really complicated what I'm trying to get at here. But I think that there's – I I think there's really doubt in all of these campaigns as to are they doing the work that's necessary to upend a former president, a guy who's won the, you know, you know, won the presidency uh, and has done well in Iowa and and has the support of his base. Right, but you're talking about it. You're talking about it from the candidate side. I'm wondering if there's any level of, of usurpation going on uh, from the constituent side. Is there a candidate that people are like, well, if he's not going to come here and campaign for me, I'll go vote for so-and-so. But your argument seems to be a little no, greater but, than that, but, which is no argue, one's campaigning. Would, and if no one's campaigning, what is actually happening? They they, they are campaigning. So – so the candidates are campaigning. The only one who's not campaigning is Trump, right? Trump's not doing the normal retail politics, but I don't think his supporters demand that of him. I think he has a different standard. And, and so, like, that would be my con- – that's my concern about Trump is that he's not here doing those things. The other people are campaigning, but I don't think they're organizing. I don't think that they – I don't think they're drilling deep and doing the necessary build-out to win on caucus night where you have to organize 1700 precincts across the state. You know, I think it's, I think they're, they're, they're in many ways campaigning like Trump is, except Trump doesn't have to go to, you know, the County seat anymore. I mean, he's a former president and I think the people are loyal. If you back Trump, you're going to back Trump in, in January. I guarantee you. So you don't see right now anybody making any kind of move. This is all just Trump's to lose, and right now no one's doing anything to even try and win it. Well, look, I, like I said earlier, I'll give DeSantis credit that that he has gone. He he's done the most extensive campaigning over the summer in the state, in my opinion. He's gotten around, and I think that I'm watching that. I think that matters, and I think that's why. You saw in that register poll that his numbers are okay in Iowa compared to Trump. But it's like, how do you close that 20% gap? You know, how, how, how do you make this into, oh, my God, Ron DeSantis has a shot to win Iowa? I think you have to have a real grassroots component uh, to this to get to that level. And that's what I'm waiting to see. You know, the argument after that is, is there time? The Iowa caucuses are in January. 
This is September. Is there time to rise? Craig Robinson, uh, he is the Iowa GOP or Iowa G-O-P-E-R. Follow him on the Twitter, Xbox. Always appreciate it, Craig. Appreciate the insight. More to get to. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz Today. Tomorrow, I plan on getting into this whole mess between Elon Musk and the Anti-Defamation League where now Musk is threatening to sue the ADL for $22 billion. Did they call him an anti-Semite? That's, that is madness because Jonathan Greenblatt, who runs the ADL, thinks that there's anti-Semitism on the platform. There's anti-Semitism, I I guess, everywhere you can argue. But it doesn't mean that the platform should somehow silence people. The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, out there to fight anti-Semitism. That's what they do, ostensibly, allegedly. And it's not that I have some special insight because I'm Jewish. It's, it's not it. I think your insight and my insight could be different or our thoughts on this and, and could be also elucidating. But man, do I really have an issue with some group saying, well, Jews feel a certain way. No, 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 no. The ADL does not speak for me because Jonathan Greenblatt doesn't speak for me. That leftist doesn't speak for me. This group has not been doing its job for years because they've been political and not focused, even though they have a, 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 a mission statement that I could I could be okay with. You can't just scream that Twitter X is anti-Semitic because you don't like what some of the people are saying on the platform. You can't do it. I'm going to get into this tomorrow in depth. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.